Enjoy a moment of relaxing calm with the Vita Health Group Wellbeing Series of podcasts to make you feel good, keep you healthy, help you make changes to your life. Vita Health Group is an award-winning market leader and has been at the forefront of healthcare for the past 30 years. Vita Health Group, making people better. Yes, hello and welcome along to another of the Vita Health Group podcasts. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Glenn Thompson, and in this series we explore the challenges of everyday life with a special focus on mental and physical health and well-being, depression, stress, injury and recovery, and a whole lot more besides. Do check out the other podcasts in this series as well. Well worth a listen. Uh, to do this, of course, I'm joined on each episode by various experts in their chosen field. And today's topic is mental health awareness the event of course is usually highlighted over the course of a week this year between the 9th and 15th of may it's a chance for the whole of the uk to focus on achieving good mental health and mental health awareness week has in fact become one of the biggest awareness weeks around the world today i'm pleased to welcome ryan looney ryan is a senior psychological well-being practitioner at vita health group and also charlotte bradbury one of ryan's patients first Firstly, to you, Ryan, welcome to the podcast, a senior psychological well-being practitioner. Sounds a glorious title. Tell us what you yeah. do. <laughs> yeah, so it's a bit of a mouthful, to be honest with you, but essentially a general PWP or psychological well-being practitioner works with individuals with mild to moderate depression and anxiety symptoms, basically helping those individuals develop guided self-help resources and techniques, sort of the idea of giving the power back to the people with regards to resources to help their own mental health. So basically giving them the resources and techniques that they need to help themselves on a on a daily basis. But then as a senior, I would then kind of manage my own team of supervisees that have then their own patient caseload and things like that. Are we seeing an increase in mental health problems generally, Ryan, would you say? I suppose that's a, a tricky question because at the end of the day, it's hard to determine whether we're seeing more of mental health issues or we're just becoming better at identifying them and that is obviously a very tricky kind of chicken of the egg scenario you know what came first but i do think there is a lot more of awareness on mental health because all of us have mental health if you have a brain you have mental health and i think a lot of people unfortunately neglect theirs i think it's really important that we actually take some time into into consideration that we all have issues and we're all going to have mental health difficulties. Let's bring in Charlotte Bradbury then. Charlotte is uh, one of your patients. Charlotte, thanks for joining us on the Vita Health Group podcast today. Nice Welcome. to have you along with, with us. So you had problems which really were exacerbated, you were telling me before we started today, by uh, you being furloughed from your company. Yeah, I think like most people, the pandemic has kind of caused extra anxiety. But for someone who was already anxious, me, some additional things came into play. So I was furloughed, which when you're someone like me who kind of measures their self-worth and ties that so completely with the job you do, that's quite hard to accept, even though, you know, from a business point of view, it makes total sense and the company were lovely and I think it just meant that for a long time I kind of had a lot of time to think and Mm. sit with my anxiety and kind of hold those little you know bad habits that I was carrying with me from from Mm. previous episodes of anxiety as well. And so Ryan I mean how did Charlotte approach you how did she come to you how did she find you to start with? 
Basically, through Charlotte's work, we have a contract as Vita Health Group as part of their workplace that she can access our service through occupational health. And essentially, she came into our service last July for an initial assessment, which is what always happens at the start of therapy, just to, for a certain therapist to assess the needs of the individual and you know what they would like to get through treatment. And then from there, Charlotte was put onto my caseload and, and I contacted her. We had an appointment set up and took it from there, I suppose, weekly sessions. And Charlotte, what actually triggered this move then to, to seek help? What motivated you in the first place to, to seek assistance in the way you were feeling? It was really that um, having come back from work, I just wasn't coping very well with life in general. And I ended up with the GP signing me off, which I, you know, kind of knocked me back a bit. But it was through, you know, occupational health and through a very good line manager who wanted me to come back to work. But more than that, be happy at work. It was that kind of conversation that triggered me to, to take the first steps with Vita Group to, to try and learn some techniques to help me cope with just general life. Charlotte, how did you feel? Was life just generally getting on top of you? When did you know that something wasn't right with, with your mental health, if you like? That's a really good question. It was really when when my husband started to notice that I was different at home. Mm. So, you know, I wasn't really, I'd be looking at the TV, for example, but I wasn't watching it. I wasn't paying attention because my thoughts were completely elsewhere. They were, gosh, this pandemic's going on a bit long and, oh my gosh, I've got this to do at work tomorrow. And, oh my gosh, you know, we haven't got pregnant yet and it's been five years. All these thoughts just kind of started to take over. And when someone else realises that, you think, oh, hang on, this isn't, this isn't right and, and I can be happier than I am. And again, it was then having that follow-up discussion with work and saying, look, I, I'm, not, I'm not feeling effective. I just don't feel like, mm. I feel like I'm treading water, but having to, to do so much work to do just treading water. So um, how long was this going on then before you sought the help of Ryan and uh, the people at Vita? I think it was probably, it was months rather than weeks. And do you find this, Ryan? People tend to hang on to their inner feelings, if you like. They don't express how they feel. They don't go and seek the help and the assistance, if you like, of a GP to start with and then obviously moving on to somebody like yourself at Vita. Everybody's different, I know. Everybody, the way they deal with this and, and cope with this situation is different. But the best thing to do is talk about it, isn't it? I do think that there's a lot of, I mean, that is changing in recent years, especially with the Health Awareness Week. But Stigma is still a big part of mental health, unfortunately, and I think a lot of people don't want to reach out for kind of not in a sense of a stigma, sorry, but more in the sense of I can do it myself. I know I have the ability. This will pass. This is just a short temporary thing, which a lot of times, yes, it can be, you know, anxiety and low mood is a normal everyday emotion and we will feel those depending on what is going on in our life. But a lot of people won't kind of hold their hands up and say actually you know what I do need a bit of support if you have a headache or a broken leg you will seek support or paracetamol or you know any sort of medication or mm. help to be able to help your physical self and it's exactly the same with your mental health yes we give people the resources and tools to help them but they're not born with that information and sometimes people just need a bit of a helping hand to get mm. that information so that they can then help themselves and that is no shame in asking for help that way i think the other thing i know a lot of people probably struggle with this is you kind of you're watching the news and you're seeing the devastation you're seeing all these you know dreadful things and you think i'm so lucky i'm very fortunate you know i have a good job i have a lovely yeah. family it's very hard to then say why can i not cope 
with the Mm -hmm. things I'm going through when you see people perceptively going through you know worse things and I think the thing I had to learn was you can't really compare yourself to someone else because everyone's life experience is different Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned is you know I I just carried on because well I should be able to get on with this I should just be able to cope and the should is a powerful word I think and how did you access the help of uh, Vita then Charlotte what did you do so actually I was really fortunate my manager at work who's you know, really supportive when we had a discussion, realised what was going on, liaised with occupational health. So again, I'm extremely lucky that this resource is available to me. And an occupational health really took it from there. I was very low. We had an initial conversation and then the initial steps. So with, with Yemi, who I think is the first person I spoke to at Vita, who did my initial assessment, that was set up for me. And then I took on the sessions with Ryan following that. But But the very first steps was me kind of admitting to my line manager there was a problem and then letting him help me letting him put me in the right path i guess ryan tell us about the steps that charlotte has taken and and other patients possibly take or i guess it's different for everybody and you have a different sort of system but i mean what are the typical steps you take them through the initial consultation mm-hmm. and where does it go to from there Basically, uh, I just want to say from the outset that for everyone, as you said, Glenn, it it is completely different and everyone's journey is going to be completely different lengthwise, duration wise, um, and also the content of sessions or, um, you know, how they target it because everyone's unique and everyone's going to have unique life experiences. But as Charlotte was saying, is probably the most difficult thing is just holding your hands up and going, I just need a bit of support. And it can be very, very difficult and it should be taken very admirably that people do that because i think one of the hardest Mm. things as humans to say is either i need help or i was wrong and that can happen a lot of times when you have tried to do things yourself and it's not an admission of failure is it asking for help a lot of folks think it is not at all no i mean at the end of the day when i started to learn how to drive i had to get a driving test whenever i started to learn how to even give therapy in the first place I had to do tests and exams and things like that and the fact that I didn't know that from when I was born is not an admittance of failure we were born not being able to know how to walk or how to talk or how to write or how to read that is something we learn and if you are go your whole life without ever having to learn specific techniques to help Mm. your mental health you're never going to to know those and that's not an admission of failure that's just an admission of not having the time or the context or the specific problems in your life that would have instigated you to have to learn those so people come through in our service as uh, charlotte was saying have an initial assessment which can vary in the time wise depending just on how long the patient needs and things like that but they would have an initial assessment where lots of questions are asked about what's going on at the moment their past impacts on their particular life things like that just checking their safety from there we determine what pathway is going to be best for yourself, what type of treatment, what type of therapy. From there, we look at then what's going to be most beneficial for the patient and put them through to that. And that can vary in the intensity of the treatment for someone that maybe has a more intense or long-term or complex presenting problem. They may need a bit more high-intensity therapy or Mm high-intensity CBT or low-intensity, more guided self-help approaches like I provide can be for people who have the ability there and then to take control of their mental health and charlotte are you still receiving treatments and help from ryan and the team at vita or have you sort of come through the other side so to speak now do you feel better Uh, and how did you find the treatments overall 
short answer back at work and thriving i think so not just you know surviving you know Mm. i'm not just doing the nine to five i'm actually enjoying and performing well at my job not actively at the moment receiving help from ryan although i know that we have a relapse plan in place so that should things start to to take a bit of a turn i know that i can i can reach out i know the, the tools and techniques but in reality glenn it's I feel like having come through the other side, like you say, I, I've come through with the tools and techniques that I can, you know, self-remediate now. So I can feel, I'm more confident that I can spot things. I know that um, I have a better work-life balance. I know that I have been able to open up to my husband, so I have a better support network. But actually the, the tools and techniques given to me by Ryan are are amazing and, and are, are techniques that I will carry with me through the rest of my life because today's a good day tomorrow might not be a good day um Mm -hmm. but i know how to how to cope and how to improve my own feelings of self-worth to rationalize worry i think that was the big thing that ryan and i worked on was not all worries are are real an anxious person can make up a worry about anything glenn a a cell in a spreadsheet Mm. will will trigger (laughs) a sleepless night so we did a lot of work on that and those tools and tricks like i said are Mm. are things that i can use in every facet of my life i think just charlotte put in the effort on her end and that's why she's seen such good results you know i can't just wave a magic wand and and things go perfect for a patient as much as i would love that to happen it takes effort on their side and that's what charlotte did she engaged with the homework that was set she engaged with all the work that we talked about she engaged in session as well and luckily trusted me and i always appreciate that to open up to me so i can give her the best advice possible or at least give her tips and techniques for her to make an informed decision on her own basically that energy and motivation that charlotte put in is why she's seen benefits in the outset so it can take a bit of motivation very very difficult but it can take a bit of motivation for someone to stand up and ask for help but that motivation is what will end Mm. up being their biggest savior and are we talking generally across all age spans here we won't divulge your age charlotte i think that's unfair to do that but i mean does this affect does mental health affect everybody from you know every age group Yeah, so it affects obviously people very differently, even in the same age groups, it can affect people very differently. I think a lot of people, there was a lot of confusion, I think, in the past that children can't experience depression or low mood. However, that is completely false. I don't understand where that came from originally, but anyone in any age group can worry about something or have worries in their life that maybe other age groups don't understand for instance someone that maybe is at the age of 10 will not understand the pressure of trying to maybe get a mortgage or being furloughed during covid they just see oh yes i'm off school this is fantastic i can (laughs) stay home and, and relax however someone at that age group may not understand being neglected and bullied by kids in school or may not understand if they're struggling academically compared to their peers i think i heard a very good quote where it was All the anxiety we experience in our life is the same, it's just for different contexts. So the anxiety and worry that an individual maybe at 12 years old experiences because they weren't invited to a party is probably the same level of anxiety or worry or low mood or stress as someone that maybe was made homeless. And that can be really powerful because a lot of people kind of neglect the fact that kids can feel anxiety and low mood. Yes, I understand it may not be to the same situations, But for them, that's their life. That's their entire life. And for them, that can be just as detrimental as maybe a massive earth shattering problem at our age. 
So, Ryan, there's a certain amount of homework involved in all of this, isn't it? Because you're doing this remotely, really, this treatment, and you're relying on your patients to, as you say, the more you put in, hopefully the more you're going to get out. And that includes doing homework. I mean, what sort of tasks are you setting for homework? Yes, so it's not in the conventional sense of homework where you get like extra work or detention if you don't <laughs> complete it. That I don't, I don't want people to get the wrong idea when we use that term which is why sometimes it can be kind of difficult to use that term with with individuals. But I think the best way to look at at homework that we set is just they are tips and tricks and bits of advice that you can use and implement on daily life between sessions to give you a bit more of a handle on your mental health. So, for instance, some of the stuff me and Charlotte did was, as she mentioned earlier, a bit around anxiety and worry. So I would be given her resources, which we provide in a variety of different senses, you know, like PDFs, even physical copies, online CBT programs where there's videos, quizzes, you know, things like that all these sorts of different mediums to give Charlotte and our other patients the techniques and tricks to be able to manage their own mm. mental health problems on a daily basis. And Charlotte, homework, how did you find it? And I guess um, it's, it's also a question of sticking to it and keeping the homework up. I always called it self-study. I don't know whether that helps. Self-study, but, like That's it. a good one. <laughs> but the way, the, way, <laughs> the way I kind of saw it was, I'll be brutally honest, I was still signed off work, so I had a lot of time. And I thought the best way for me to invest this time is in myself and is in my recovery. So rather than seeing it as homework, like Ryan said, he was going to mark with his red pen and tell me I was wrong. (laughs) It was much more, I'm never going to get this opportunity to kind of really stop, listen to myself and think about, you know, how I react to certain thoughts and behaviours. So, um, for example, some of the resources that I found particularly helpful, I have to say, were things like case studies. So someone else talking about an experience that I was, I felt like I was sharing. Okay. And that'd be video, that might be um, an article, and then, you know, actual down to diagrams that I could kind of fill in myself to kind of see cycles, to try and document my own patterns and document my own feelings. It was basically like one big diary. Uh, it's probably the best way of me describing mm. it. Punctuated with resources that let me know that I am very not on my own. There are lots of people who share exactly the same kind of worries. And I think for me, that was one of the biggest things. It was like, oh, OK, yeah people do struggle with this I'm not alone in this and I never felt pressure what we did in our sessions I think it's probably worth saying is you know we talk about something and then Ryan is really good at kind of tailoring what next steps might be so I'm a topic might come up and he'd say do you know what I really want you to think about I don't know breathing techniques or sleep techniques tonight just go and think about that between now and our next session and we'd kind of tweak the modules, I guess I'll call them, ahead of the next session and broke it down. But there was never any pressure like you must do this. The one thing I'd say, and I'd reiterate what Ryan said is, this is my second kind of foray into CBT. And the first time I just didn't put the effort in and didn't get any results. So you do have to kind of commit to wanting to help yourself, I think a little bit, but it becomes fascinating once you start delving into it. So I I enjoyed that self-study period. It's interesting to hear that to Ryan, isn't it? Yeah, I do. Well, first of all, I also really appreciate that Charlotte enjoyed it and got something out of it because that's my minimum want to hit. I want to ensure that people do enjoy the therapy that they come into. But I do think that there is a lot to say on what Charlotte was saying there about the self-study, the putting the effort in, taking time out of ourselves. You know, when we get ready in the morning, we stand up, put our clothes on. Most of the time, you know, look in the mirror, 
and we're looking at our physical self, how we look on the outside, but we never really take the time to look on the inside, how we're actually feeling that day. Are we maybe pushing ourselves a bit too hard and maybe we need to be a wee bit more lax in ourselves? Are we maybe not giving ourselves credit for that one thing that we did yesterday that was really hard? Just taking that time to look inside can be so beneficial down the line. So, Charlotte, coming back to the homework again, presumably this is something you can fit around work. How how did you find the appointment times and the dates? Did they work for you? So initially I wasn't working and so that was I was quite flexible. But even when I went back to work, there was never an issue in kind of making it fit around work, partly because, like I said, I'm very lucky that my employer were like, it's important that you're here and you're happy and you're present. If that means you need to take half an hour out of your working week, at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday, for example, do that. Mm -hmm. We want you to be happy. We want you to, you know, Ryan's not, well, Vita aren't asking you for hours and hours and hours of your time. You can put as much time and effort in as as you want to, but the actual sessions themselves were were easy to fit in. And then the homework was just, or self-study, sorry. I mean, I have a husband who loves football, Glenn, so there's plenty of opportunity for me to go and do something else. You can just think, find yourself having five minutes and you've just considered a feeling that might have just passed. Well, then take that five minutes and just you know jot something down i didn't give myself prescriptive you know i must do an hour's worth of work today it was Mm. far more fluid than that just as and when thoughts came to me i found that the easiest way to to do it and also is more real you know if you feel something at the time then take that minute to kind of document it and then you can reflect on that in your sessions and i found that we did that quite a lot you said earlier, Charlotte, that you've come through the other side, if you like. You've sort of emerged from the tunnel of darkness. In the event of a, of a relapse, you know, what would you do? That's a really good question. And I think, firstly, what my sessions with Vita have allowed me to do is primarily improve, I know it sounds odd, <laughs> improve my relationship with my husband. I kept a lot from him. If anyone spoke to me at work, they'd be like, oh, she's the happy one. You know, she'd make anyone laugh. Why did you keep it from your husband? You just want someone to be happy and you want to protect someone from the stuff you're feeling, which is so counterintuitive now I look back, because he wanted the opportunity to help me. You know when someone says, are you okay? And you go, yeah, 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 I'm fine. That was our whole relationship. (laughs) Charlie was very much not fine. But, you know, Ryan challenged me, actually, and said, well, I really think you should open up to Rob. Let him in. Let him understand what is going on with you. So firstly, I know I now have a better support network thanks to doing this work. I mentioned the tools that we did as part of uh, the sessions. I know that at any given time I can go back to those tools if I'm having a difficult day and I can rationalise what I'm feeling and bring myself out of that. And if not, I know that I have a very good support network at work now as well, who I never let, I, I didn't lean on them. We talked about this earlier, but I, I didn't actively ask for help until it was far too late and I was already quite poorly. But I'm not afraid of that anymore. So I would also say if I thought I was relapsing, I would just open up to the people that need to be opened up to, explain where where I am. And if needs be, there's a route back to Vita as well. But I personally, I believe that I have a lot of those tools and support networks now within my gift. Thank you. Thanks mm. to those those sessions that we did previously. With Mental Health Awareness Week 9th to the 15th of May, a lot of folk will be feeling maybe what you've gone through and they might be in a dark place themselves. What would your advice to them be? Firstly, just remember you are 100% not on your own. You're not on your own. If you are feeling anxious about something, guarantee someone else is. That's just the way of, of the world. And secondly, 
don't feel like a failure because you have to ask for help because it's counterintuitive you know the longer you you take to kind of put your hand in the air and just go guys I'm, I'm really struggling the longer those those issues continue and I think the harder it is to kind of not come back from that's not the right the right word I'm, I'm struggling to find the, the phrase there mm. but but ultimately I put off asking for help and it meant that I did have to stop work and I did have a very dark period is that because you thought you could get through it yourself Charlotte 100% it's because as I said to you people have got it worse people have yeah. got it worse that might be true but that doesn't that doesn't make your the way you're feeling that doesn't invalidate the way you're feeling mm. it doesn't invalidate the fact that these things in your life that are very personal to you are causing you anxiety it doesn't matter and yes it was very much I can definitely get through this I can yeah. just push 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 but that takes a lot of energy mm. glenn and energy that i wasn't then putting into myself recovering it was just all about moving forward and presumably ryan you see this a lot do you people thinking they can cope themselves yeah unfortunately we do which i mean you know hands down very brave of them to try to tackle it by themselves of course you know and a lot of them do help themselves in the end i'm not going to generalize and say that oh, everyone that tries to tackle things themselves fails at it that is absolutely not what i'm saying but just to reiterate what charlotte's saying of if you do need help reaching out is no shame and will be the best thing and we do see a lot of people that have said you know i've been dealing with this for weeks months even years I've been like this all my life and we see people, you know, unfortunately in the 60s and 70s years old that have said, oh, I've just been like this my whole life because that was just ingrained in their behavior and mm. they just thought I'm, I can do this myself. But there can always be a tipping point for people where they do need to ask for help and there's no shame in doing so. I would just add, and I don't know how appropriate it is for, for this podcast, <laughs> but, but reaching out for help doesn't also have to mean step one, phone Vita. Yeah, it can exactly. be speak to that friend that you trust and just say, yeah. God, I'm, you know, this week has been hard. Yeah. Can we have a cup of tea? Can we have a cup of coffee? Reaching out doesn't mean, you know, you go to the nth degree first because you'll find shared experience. I'm almost sure of it. When I came back to work and I started to share with people what had been going on, they were like, yeah, actually, you know, I had some time off and da, 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 da. And I spoke to three or four people before coming to this podcast and let them know I was doing this. And they said, that's great because we could have shared those experiences together. And it's almost a shame that I didn't get to share that with friends, I guess, at the time. But yes, reaching out means a number of things. And I think your cohort is probably quite a good place to start as well. Yeah. yeah. Whether that's a, a spouse, a family member, you know, it could be parents or siblings. It could even be people that you've grew up with from childhood, people in your work. A lot of people, their first port of call will also probably be their GP as well. At the end of the day, whoever you're reaching out to, that is 100% going to make you feel better. Because just getting it off your chest is part of the battle. Okay, well, listen, fascinating conversation on uh, mental health awareness. And there's a lot of help out there, Ryan, isn't there? Vita offer help on their website as well with detail how you can help but tell us some other sites that may be beneficial to people yes yeah, so for a lot of people it can be just googling what's in your local area there are obviously going to be lots of public and private help in your local area there could be community groups things where you can go and chat to people either about similar interests or specifically do with mental health a lot of people their first stop will probably be their gp which is completely you know great that's fantastic if you open up because your gp can get you in contact with lots of different services and things of course as 
you mentioned Vita Health Group, our website. You can see on there if you can access our help through it. With Mental Health Awareness Week, the official theme, by the way, of Mental Health Awareness Week is loneliness, which I'm sure a lot of us felt over COVID. And it's still, unfortunately, a lot of us are still feeling that. So it's about encouraging people to build their meaningful connections with others in their community, which I know is a huge thing we've been talking about, about reaching out to others today. But if you were to look up mentalhealth-uk.org, you can see all the information about Mental Health Awareness Week there, or also uh, mind.org.uk has it as well. All right. Well, it's, it's been a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much. Uh, Ryan Looney, who's a senior psychological well-being practitioner at Vita Health Group, and also Charlotte. Thanks for uh, sharing your story, Charlotte, on today's podcast. Of course, uh, you're one of, or have been one of Ryan's patients at uh, Vita. Thanks so much, both of you, for joining us on the podcast today. And don't forget to check out the other podcasts in this series, Ryan and Charlotte. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening to this Making People Better podcast, part of the Wellbeing series from Vita Health Group. Improving your lives physically and mentally drives everything we do, and getting you back to doing what you love is our priority. Vita Health Group, making people better. www.vitahealthgroup.co.uk.